Hello and welcome on the Barricades. My name is Bujan Stanislavski and this is the second experimental episode of our On the Barricades series. Experimental because it's somewhat a side of our regular sessions, which we post every Saturday and every Sunday at 3 p.m. Central European time. You can find us on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Twitch and on uh, Rumble. But apart from those regular sessions, which I host together with my great friend, comrade and colleague Maria Cernat from Romania, we thought we we're going to, uh, to allow the kind of spontaneous, uh, spontaneous comments because uh, there's, there's so many things that we want to discuss and uh, there's simply not enough time during the regular sessions. Uh, and, and also there are things which require uh, more of uh, an immediate reaction. Uh, they can't wait for us to, you know, organize, get together, make the recording, sometimes edit, and then release it. Uh, it sometimes takes days, sometimes even more than a week, because there are guests, for example, scheduled for, uh, you know, concrete and specific dates. And uh, anyway, those are organizational nuances which are not so interesting for you, I suppose. Uh, what is interesting is probably the topic. But before I get to the topic, I uh, want to say that part of the experiment is that I'm taking you on walks. I'm not just sitting there as a talking head in an office or some kind of office-like environment. So I'm taking you on, wa on a walk today as well. Last time we were walking around uh, the place where I live, in Warsaw, in Poland. But today we're not in Warsaw, we're not in Poland, we're not even in Eastern Europe. We're actually in Belgium. And the place, the town where, that I'm walking around in is called Charleroi. I hope I got this correctly. And it's very close to Brussels. The reason why I'm actually here and not in Brussels, I, you know, I went to Brussels. I mean, I did go to Brussels and I'm, I'm back here. And uh, the reason is that uh, the airport, uh, one of the airports is located exactly in this town. And uh, my flight, my tomorrow flight is a very early one. So I want to be close to the airport and this is where I booked my hotel room today. Uh, and uh, well, the aesthetics, I, I mean, <laughs> the town isn't very beautiful. So you won't be, uh, I suppose, charmed by the aesthetics of that area here. But it's not, uh, it's not so important. What is important is precisely the topic that I want to take up with you. And that I had in mind that I wanted to... Uh, oh, actually, no. Uh, a, a correction here. I had in mind a different topic. I wanted to talk to you today in this episode about why the Polish government is so keen about going to war with Russia, about escalating the war to the extent that Poland is involved in one way or another. Well, actually in one way, pretty much, because in a war, you can, in a shooting war, real shooting, not hybrid or whatever they call it. Uh, <clears throat> you know, this is a fashionable term, hybrid war, whatever it means. Uh, but uh, in, a, in a real shooting war, in, in, in a war that's playing out in Ukraine, you can only be engaged in one way, which is the military way. And Poland very much wants to do that. I wanted to talk to you about this. Why? Why is the Polish government so excited to become part of this military conflict? But I'm not going to do that. I mean, I am, but not in this uh, episode. That's going to be the next recording. Today, I kind of feel that I have to continue uh, to discuss the, the visit, the official visit, you know, Joe Biden's official visit to Poland. As you know, it happened last weekend. And uh, I thought... And I said that in my previous uh, intervention, that I don't really understand why people are so excited about this. 
nothing happened literally nothing happened and it was extremely predictable from the beginning uh, it was full of American imperialist grandstanding uh, very predictable cheap propagandistic talk and uh, what stands out a little bit is uh, the two phrases uttered by Joe Biden one when he spoke to uh, the American soldiers uh, stationed in Poland in Poland's southeast he told them something like uh, the Ukrainian soldiers and the Ukrainian citizens are so brave and so courageous and you're gonna see that and you're gonna join them or I'm paraphrasing right now I can't remember the exact sentence uh, the exact combination of words that he used uh, but you know the the overall conclusion was that well the American soldiers are gonna join the Ukrainian soldiers in their struggle against the Russian army so that puzzled everyone and then the second element that uh, was pretty perplexing uh, was the hold on uh, I think I got lost oh no okay so the second element or the second phrase was uh, this uh, kind of uh, climax-like end of his speech in Warsaw, where he said about uh, the president of the Russian Federation, something like, my God, this man cannot remain in power, you know, something like this. I think it's pretty accurate, actually, uh, what I just quoted. And uh, everybody got super hyped up, like, oh, now Joe Biden is calling for a regime change in Russia, and it's going to have very serious ramifications when it comes to international politics and so on and so forth. And I just don't understand why this excitement. What are we so excited about? First of all, it's clear to everyone from the beginning of this uh, instance of the conflict between Russia and the United States and uh, this in by this instance I don't mean uh, just you know from 20 since 24th uh, since February 24th uh, onward but uh, from 2014 2013 2014 that's uh, how it should be that, that, that's how it should be looked at uh, that's the context and that's uh, how you should look at this process in order to be able to understand it at least uh, I, I feel that you know you can't quite comprehend what's going on without uh, without understanding the last eight years but anyway he, you know he said something which is absolutely obvious to everyone okay I mean you don't really need a PhD in international relations you don't need to be a seasoned journalist you don't need to be a very careful observer of the public arena, you know, of international politics in order to be able to understand that what, that, you know, the end game for the Americans is regime change in Moscow. They want Putin out. And there are many reasons for that. Now, we could discuss all those reasons, but I would take probably at least 45 minutes. Uh, so let me just focus on, uh, or let me just point out one which is that Vladimir Putin, whatever, regardless of what you think about him, regardless of what you think about the political system in Russia, regardless of what you think about the conservative values that Vladimir Putin likes to boast about, you just, if you want to remain intellectually fair, you must admit that this guy, 
is a huge obstacle uh, in the way of Western, um, of the kind of Western hegemonic project. Like, he is a real pain in the neck for all those who still, uh, who are mentally still trapped in their end of history moment. And there are many people like that in the United States, in Canada, in uh, the European Union, Australia, Japan, I don't know, uh, what the Russians like to call the collective West. Many people there, including people who are politically powerful and, uh, and who can exercise serious influence on the political process, they really imagine that the only way forward for the whole of humanity is to succumb to the Western culture, to, we to, to Western values, to Western lifestyle, to Western understanding and perception of reality, which of course is profoundly imperialistic, uh, racist, you know, and, and, and that, and, and is horrible as an idea. This is exactly uh, the kind of supremacy uh, that's the mechanism, that's a mental mechanism of supremacy which we normally criticize, right? When it comes to, I don't know, for example, white supremacist groups who are openly, profoundly racist. We, uh, we're against that because uh, we feel that no group, regardless of their race, ethnicity, sexual orientation or whatever, should be allowed to enforce their uh, concepts, lifestyle, values, whatever, on others, right? Yet, when it comes to, uh, again, I'll use that phrase, the collective West, I kind of like it. When it comes to the collective West, the collective West gives itself the right to impose their order everywhere in the world. And uh, the Russian authorities don't agree with this and the Chinese authorities don't agree with this and many other authorities don't agree with this but the difference between many other states and Russia or Russia and China is that those are superpowers and this is something that they just cannot stand okay this is something that I feel is extremely difficult for them if you like even psychologically okay so uh, that's why they are so keen about breaking Russia's back and about dismantling this country. Uh, and there, there, there's really ample evidence. Uh, I, I'm not even going to uh, discuss it right now. You can just go ahead and Google it out. You know, Kissinger and uh, many, many people really who are the theoricians of the American foreign policy. Uh, they've written about that many times. Brzezinski, right? They just want to take down Russia. They want to split it into uh, five, six different countries, and they want to make sure it never reemerges uh, as an international factor. Well, those plans, okay, I thought I'm gonna take a rest here, but I'm not because there's a lot of wind, and one of the drawbacks of this format is that when it's windy, you gotta quickly escape the area because it's impossible to record. So anyway, I'm not going to continue uh, deliberating on that topic. Uh, this was rather a digression. What I want to focus on is that this thing 
the question of regime change is obvious and has been obvious for way over one decade, okay, to everyone. Now, when I see people today, uh, important, interesting, intelligent analysts, opinions of whom I value really highly, you know, they go on some kind of Twitter wars or, or, you know, or they argue online on different platforms that, oh, everyone who thinks that Joe Biden went off script is an idiot and other moron and so on and so forth. And then other people would say, oh, everyone who thinks that this was scripted are conspiracy theorists and so on. Come on, guys. What is there really to, uh, what is there really to argue about? What is important is what he said, right? And then... Uh, there are so many great points that could be made about this. Instead, you know, some people are so invested into convincing each other that this was accidental or on purpose. And quite honestly, I don't see why anyone should care. Now, perhaps, maybe Joe Biden got carried away and climaxed, you know, by saying, ah, oh, this man has to be removed from power or whatever, like cannot remain in power or something like that. Uh... I quite honestly feel personally that it was a flip of the tongue when he said that the American soldiers are going to see the bravery of the Ukrainian ones when they join them. Uh, but, you know, the interesting point that could be made here is that uh, after he came back to the United States, uh, which happened, I think, on Monday or Sunday, he, uh, uh, he was asked, he was confronted by some journalists. And he was asked, what about this? Like, uh, what about your statements? Are you really going to uh, send? Are you really contemplating sending American troops to Ukraine to fight together against uh, the Russian invasion? To which he said, no, no. Uh, actually, no, I, w I meant the Ukrainian troops that are in Poland and that, you know, they should somehow... Um, the American soldiers should be very supportive to the Ukrainian troops that are stationed... Well, stationed... Uh, or that are in Poland. That's pretty much what he said. And I'm, you know, the question here is, what, what, what are Ukrainian troops doing in Poland? I had no idea that there are any Ukrainian troops in Poland. That's pretty new. You know, and, and of course, no one wants to discuss that. And I don't understand why is no one asking that question in Poland. No media person, no journalist, no, you know, uh, TV host, whatever. No, no one. Complete silence. And that's... You know, that's, uh, that wouldn't surprise me if that would be the case. And it wouldn't surprise me if that was the case because of uh, the American, uh, well, not the American president, but the Americans in general, that they would actually order the Polish to receive some uh, Ukrainian troops uh, and that they would decide unilaterally without even discussing it with the Polish. They would just order them to go ahead and take this, I don't know, brigade or this team or this battalion or whatever. And the Polish would just go ahead and do that because they have no agency. The Polish authorities, nationalistic as they are, you know, with their posturing and grandstanding, you know, how Poland is now a sovereign country that is ruled by real patriot, patriots, BS, okay? They will do anything that the American embassy orders them to do, let alone, you know, some, uh, uh, some high-ranking official from Washington. I, quite honestly, I doubt that, you know, even the American ambassador in Poland is giving them orders. It's probably the fifth or the sixth uh, press secretary or someone like that who's responsible for, you know, bossing around the Polish politicians. But that's another, you know, another show, another matter. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised. I would think that it's something like, uh, for example, when it turned out that the, uh, some American companies 
like Uber, for example, are not going to be taxed as the Polish government planned to tax them because, uh, because the Americans don't want them to be taxed. And we learned about this, that was a couple of years ago, we learned about that not from the Polish, uh, you know, from the Polish media or not even from, um, let's say, the spokesman of the Polish government. No, we learned that from Mike Pence, because it was when uh, Joe, uh, sorry, not Joe Biden, when Donald Trump was president. So we learned it from Mike Pence, he was his vice president, on a random press conference in a response to a random question asked by a random journalist about something else. It was just a side note. So, uh, yeah, that's how we learned that the Polish government's plan to tax Uber and uh, other such companies in Poland will not work. Will not work out. And uh, that's why, you know, I'm just saying I wouldn't be surprised if it turned out that, you know, someone uh, phoned up, you know, the Polish prime minister or the Polish defense minister or whomever or maybe the most powerful polish politician Jarosław Kaczyński uh, I'm gonna have a you know I'm gonna record a separate program about this guy it's he really deserves that he's a terrible person I hate him but uh, but there are some things which are very typical there are some things about him which are very typical for Eastern European politics I think it's it makes sense to discuss them but anyway someone from the embassy would just pick up the phone uh, call the Polish Ministry of Defense, for example, and tell them, okay, tomorrow, the day after tomorrow, in one week, you're receiving such and such amount of uh, Ukrainian soldiers. Okay, so that's one thing. Second thing, you know, about this, uh, about this, this man who cannot remain in power, because, oh my God, you know, uh, he's doing all those terrible, terrible things. And that America, of course, uh, has all the right to lecture the whole world about because they never wage wars of aggression. Just seven of them during uh, the two uh, during the ter two terms of Barack Obama, for example, right? So, sorry about that. About this, a point that should be made and should be made really loudly by the left is the following. What the hell? A guy with an with approval rate with an approval rate of about 37% according to American media, not Russian propaganda, Russian disinformation and so on, right? According to American media, Joe Biden's approval rating is about 37%. Now, Again, regardless of what you think about Vladimir Putin, regardless of what you think about, you know, his values, his political profile, okay, his rating is oscillating around 83%. Now, could you please explain to me how is this walking corpse, Joe Biden, how is he, you know, how does he have the gut to lecture the world on which leader should be there considering this ratio okay considering this ah oh, this staggering difference in terms of support popular support once again joe biden 37 percent vladimir putin 83 percent and again about vladimir putin it's not russian disinformation or russian propaganda there's a there's a consensus okay pretty much all over the international media that 
this is the approval rating and that it has surged after the invasion began which is of course another problem for the West because what they were hoping for is that you know this invasion would give them a great opportunity to uh, nuclear bomb the Russian economy with all those sanctions and that you know people would rise up and take Putin down because he's such a bad leader and now they won't be able to eat in McDonald's or drink coca-cola or buy iPhones wow like you know this is another element of this like you know the the Westerners they have nothing but contempt for the Russians they really consider them stupid idiotic creatures who are only driven in life in their everyday lives by this uh, sort of desire to consume Western goods and to purchase Western items especially the most symbolic ones like uh, you know iPhones or coca-cola or whatever McDonald's Burger King you know I don't know uh, Adidas that kind of stuff right and uh, I'm sure they're having right time discovering this is not the case uh, but anyway I'm digressing again what I want to say is that there are so many points that could be made about this visit like for example those two which I just pointed out and yet you know I can see people fighting over whether this was on purpose or whether this was intentional uh, sorry whether this was intentional or whether this was accidental what happened and uh, I quite clearly I, I quite uh, quite honestly don't don't understand you know the emotion behind this I don't understand why would anyone argue that like uh, as I said so many great points could be made on the occasion of all those disasters that occurred uh, over the period of this I mean what was it, a couple of days right because there was first the NATO summit then the G7 meeting uh, then you know the uh, spectacle in Poland uh, I told you about the pizza I told you about the conference uh, the joint conference uh, with Andrzej Duda the Polish president Kamala Harris I mean it was it was a disastrous trip absolutely disastrous nothing worked but you know that's not the point I mean the point was the most important thing that didn't work were not Joe Biden's speeches like can you please tell me even one speech uh, Joe Biden's speech uh, since he became president that would be successful or any press conference that would turn into disaster obviously not so again this was entirely predictable entirely uh, well normal quote-unquote in a sense that there isn't really anything unusual about him doing all those things uh, those mistakes and those flips of the tongue and those uh, intentional or unintentional uh, remarks it's just Joe Biden the thing is uh, that this visit was catastrophic not because of that but because it it was supposed to make well in my opinion that's my interpretation it was supposed supposed to make the whole world the whole Western world the European Union and the collective West but in particular in particular the European Union to rally behind uh, the American warmongering machine and it didn't work 
and I think it didn't work mostly because the Europeans fear the 31st of March and the 31st of March it's in two days from now is the deadline for payments by the European uh, by the European countries that still uh, consume Russian gas and keep buying Russian gas uh, the Russian president explicitly and uh, I would say in a manner that leaves no room for any doubts explained that the only currency that he would accept as a payment for the current deliveries of gas is Russian rubles and uh, the G7 came out with a statement, collective statement that no, no, we're not going to pay in Russian rubles because that would be violation of the current contract, which of course, uh, you know, they conveniently skipped the fact that they've actually frozen uh, Russian foreign reserves. So uh, if they paid in dollars or euros or whatever other hard currency, then, uh, you know, the Russians, had they accepted it, they would be exposing themselves to uh, selling the gas for free because those money would be immediately frozen. So, uh, so they demand rubles. And, and I think that the Europeans are having a really hard time figuring this out. And uh, I'm really looking forward to March 31st. I want to see what, what happens. And uh, because of this retaliation first, let's remind, first uh, major retaliation from the side of the Russians, uh, for you know imposing all those sanctions is uh, it is very discouraging for the European Union economies and uh, that's why they were they were not in the mood to cheer for more war with Russia on the contrary there are some hawkish politicians in the European Union and actually even outside the European Union like for example this uh, this woman uh, who's uh, uh, who's the foreign secretary foreign minister of uh, of the United Kingdom Liz Truss okay she even said that once a ceasefire is agreed on then some of the sanctions might be lifted which is clearly a hint at Okay, we've had enough ourselves. And, you know, while Joe Biden was orgasming on his, oh, this, guy, this man has to be removed from power or whatever, cannot remain in power, they were taking a huge dump in their pants because of the deadline approaching. Now, I'm not sure whether who's going to give in, but someone is going to give in, like, or in a sense that either the, the Russians are going to, uh, close the tap or uh, the Europeans are gonna pay in rubles I don't know what's gonna what's gonna happen but I'm very curious to figure it out and I'm gonna comment on it for you as soon as this happens thanks for now all the very best everyone and I'll see you soon